Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh my goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm high field fuck! Jimmy G Buckets gets buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Bill fuck! Give me the hot sauce! What are you doing, Dragage? Did you not get the memo? This is episode 103 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Stacey King on the road with the Bulls. He'll be broadcasting the game Friday night in Washington, and the Bulls come back home Saturday night for the home opener against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Stacey joins us from his hotel in the Washington, D.C. area. Stacey, how you doing? That was a fun game last night. You know, Mark, it was a great game. <laughs> I mean, we, we, marched, we marched into the Lions then. No one gave us a chance to win this game. Nobody except Bulls Nation and myself and uh, Adam. And um, I tell you, the atmosphere was kind of like a playoff game. You know, Miami had their full roster except for Victor Oladipo. Uh, They jumped out on the Bulls early. It looked like, you know, they were going to knock down about 100 threes in the beginning. And then the Bulls made made the adjustment. Uh, DeMar, I think, had seven points in the first half and started off really slow. Uh, but that second group, and, I, and I've been saying this, you know, all through preseason, the Bulls bench is uh, largely upgraded from last year. I mean, they, they have an opportunity to put up 45 to 50 points off the bench on a nightly basis. And when you have a good bench like that, um, you can have a guy like DeMar struggle a little bit in the first half because uh, Dragic came in, looked like, you know, Dragic of old. I mean, he had some big shots. Uh, knocked down three three pointers. Um, just really looked really good there last night. Kobe White hit a couple of shots. Io played big in the first half. So you had a lot of guys step up with Zach being out. We're going to break down the opener in detail, look ahead to the upcoming weekend for the Bulls. But first, we want to let you know that this is the uh, all Stacy show today. We got Stacy King joining us live from DC. And our special guest coming up in our next segment is Stacy Dales, who does great work for the NFL Network. She's stationed in Chicago. She covers the Bears and a lot of teams in the Midwest. But what you might not know is she was an All-American player at Oklahoma University. She was outstanding there, played on the Canadian Olympic team and in the WNBA. So we're going to chat with Stacy in a little bit. And if you're wondering, where's Whispers? We're, you know, we're waiting for uh, 
to hear his Christopher Walken impersonation and everything else. <laughs> Whispers is down in Fort Myers, Florida. He finally had a chance to get down there and check out the new home, his winter home that he bought just before the hurricane hit. We haven't talked to Whispers yet, but he's busy <clears throat> trying to check out what's going on there. Stacy, I heard that he's thinking it's a positive report, but if he walks in there and there's an alligator in his bed, then he knows, <laughs> he knows he's got fried Well, <laughs> you know, Timmy Whispers, he, I mean, he's, he's a businessman. I mean, he, he bought that. He bought that. Beautiful home two hours before the hurricane hit. And uh, <laughs> so you're talking about an unlucky guy. He had a, he had a shark swimming down his block, an alligator, alligator in the den trying to watch TV. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, but he, he, he's, he thinks he got minimal damage, which is right. awesome. So we wish Whispers and his family all the best because, you know, he's looking forward to this, get a chance to have that summer home. Nothing better, Stacy, than getting away from the winter and being able to go to Florida, Arizona, and now he's got, got to deal with all this. But hopefully things are good, and uh, Whispers, we wish send you our best wishes. We look forward to having you back on the show next week. Let's get back to the Bulls game. Stacy, you mentioned the bench group. Tyler Hero got off to a big start. Miami had the lead. The crowd down there is always kind of dead. I mean, the PA guy is the, is the biggest voice that you hear in that place. But, and then all of a sudden they go to the bench group. Dragic and Drummond come in together, and, and Goran hit four straight threes, which really seemed to pick up the team. And it's great to have those two veterans you can bring in that can stabilize things if the starters get off to a slow start. Well, I mean, this is the reason why, you know, AK and them went out and got Trogic. You know, a lot of people were concerned about that pickup. You know, uh, does he have enough in the tank? Uh, he clearly showed that he can come out there, whether he's a starter, whether he's in that second group. Uh, think about this, Mark. He comes out there on that second team and, and uh, you know, he's better than the, the other team's second team guard. You know, uh, not taking anything away from the Heat's uh, young guard. But, I mean, Dragic is a starter. So you're bringing a starter off the bench that's played a lot of games as a starter and is comfortable, you know, playing in that role, you know. So that's an advantage for the Bulls. Yeah, Dragic was excellent. As I mentioned, he hit his first four three-pointers, only wound up with 12 points on the night, but he made some good passes along the way. And he and Drummond already look like they've got some nice chem chemistry. They had an alley-oop pass for a dunk right away. Drummond was also big in that second quarter, and he gave them a nice lift off the bench because he gives them a dimension that, that's a little bit different from what the rest of the squad is, and he is powerful when he gets that ball in the lane. Well, he's big. I mean, that's what the Bulls were missing last year is a good, a good not taking anything away from Tristan Thompson or, or, you know, Tony Bradley Jr., but you can tell he's a different animal out there. I mean, you know, the guy plays great pick-and-roll defense. Uh, I think he's making Vooch a better player because the simple fact that Vooch has someone behind him that's going to challenge for minutes if he doesn't play particularly well. And I think that forces Vooch to be on his toes all the time. You know, last year – uh, you know, you got Tony Bradley behind you. You know, we picked up Tristan Thompson, um, you know, off the waiver wire. Those guys didn't really push Vooch, but Drummond can really push Vooch with the way he plays. So it's a good thing to have two good quality big men that you can go to. I mean, hey, Vooch, Vooch don't take anything away from Vooch. Vooch had, I think, 17 rebounds yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he had 17 rebounds and he played big at a couple of block shots. Uh, so he came up huge for the Bulls. Yeah, Vooch only made one three-pointer, but the one he hit in the second half was big because that was when Miami was making a run, and it really kind of put them back on their heels when he knocked that one down. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, he missed he missed some threes. You know, um, you know, he he, he didn't. He kind of went from the post game a little bit, but I tell you, both him and Bam struggled. I mean, they, we we called the numbers in the first half. Uh, I think there were two for seventeen between them. 
and Bam just had a horrible game in the yeah. first half. And I thought I thought that really uh, put Miami in a tough situation because he's counted to be he's counted on to be the second best player on the team uh, behind Jimmy. And both those guys have to play well uh, for Miami to win. Now Tyler Hero had a big game yesterday, but you can't count on him all the time to to shoot the way he shot last night. You need Bam to play big. He's got to get you at least 18, 20 points and 10, 12 rebounds for them to even think about if they're going to be a legit Eastern Conference team at the end. Yeah, Bam Adebayo was really missing in action yesterday. As you mentioned, he really struggled in the first half. He finished with 12 points and nine rebounds. But if he doesn't start playing better, as you mentioned, I think uh, Mount Jimmy is going to erupt because Jimmy is a demanding teammate. And he had to be discouraged by what he saw from everybody on the floor except for Tyler Hero, who was knocking down shots. You know, you think about Miami. They were the number one seed in the East last year, but they really did nothing to improve the roster. They're going to try to work Victor Oladipo in, but he's not the same player since he had that serious leg injury. I think Miami could take a dive this year in the standing stakes. What do you think? Well, I mean, listen, I, I, I expect Bam to play like an all-star caliber player. He's, he's a young, he's still young. He's still athletic. I thought he got down on himself early, Mark, when he missed a couple of little point blank layups. He didn't seem like he had a lot of lift yesterday. You know, a lot of some of the things he missed are, are things he normally would dunk. Um, but give the Bulls credit defensively. I mean, they, they challenged him. He didn't get anything easy. You know, Boots put body on him. Um, you know, he finished five of 15. He had nine rebounds, 12 points, but he had no impact on the game. Right. Normally he has an impact on the game when he plays the bulls, whether it's on the defensive end, offensive rebounds, running the floor, getting easy baskets. He's always impacted. Whenever Miami is beating the bulls, he's always had a huge impact on the game. And when he wasn't hitting early and I said it, you know, I thought, you know, in that first quarter, it really was telling because he kind of started questioning himself. You could see the, the body language was down, his shoulders drooping, and you could tell that he was frustrated that he wasn't playing well. And, you know, the Bulls, I give the Bulls credit because, you know, Tommy Hero came out and hit some deep bombs early and they got like a, they got like a little lead. And then the Bulls weathered the storm. Second groom came out, came out and, and gave him a big boost. And um, I thought that was the difference in the ball game is the Bulls bench. And then uh, Io, the way he played, he played like a veteran yesterday. You know, we're talking about DeMar DeRozan at the top, and he turned 33 this offseason. He's entering his 14th year in the NBA, and all the national media pundits are saying there's no way he's going to average 28 points again. Last year was, was his career year, and there's no way he's going to do it again. And DeMar, to his credit, in media day and in all his interviews, is saying, listen, forget about this age thing. There's no reason why I, I still can't maintain my prime for a number of years. And he had that one-on-one -on -one battle with Jimmy Butler, and DeMar was the clear-cut winner in that game last night. Well, he, I mean, it was a triple-double watch with him last night. He had nine, nine assists, which is high for him. Uh, you know, he had six rebounds. Um, and he hit two of three from the three point line. And the thing about DeMar and, and what I like, what I like about him as an NBA player, he never seems to lose his composure when he's struggling and he's missing shots. Like he, he don't never see him kind of like, you know, like get flustered. It's like, okay, I'll come out in the second quarter. Or I'll come out in the second half and play much better. He dominated the second half. The third quarter was huge for him. He got on a, he got on a, his rhythm a little bit. And Miami had no answer. They had Spruce on him. They had Tyler Hero on him. Uh, I thought he did a good job of recognizing when anybody but Jimmy Butler was on him. And, you know, the one guy who gives, who really played him really well but they didn't play him long enough was, uh, was Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry knows how to play him. And I was surprised that they didn't keep him on there because uh, he stays low to the ground. You know, he, he forces – 
uh, DeMar's dribble, uh, who, who I think has got some of the best dribbles in traffic. Uh, he, he really puts pressure on, on DeMar. And I thought that was a big mistake with, with Spolstra is taking Kyle Lowry off of him. Yeah, well, Kyle Lowry's got to be low to the ground. He's only about 5'10". I mean, geez. I, 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 you know, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy. I'm the guy, the Tyson guy, pull up your punches guy. But to be honest yeah. with you, the last year, last season, and then obviously one game this year, Kyle Lowry looks like he's slowing down, Stace. I know we all do. That's part of life. Yeah, Father Time is undefeated, Mark. And um, I, I thought him yesterday, like he looked like he he just looked old last night. Yeah. You know, I, he, he wasn't moving well. Um, you know, he struggled. He struggled big time. He was one of seven. He was over five from the three point line. Uh, really didn't add anything offensively to the game. Um, and I thought, you know, Jimmy tried his hardest to, to keep him in it. You know, I thought Tyler Hero played well. Matt Struess off the bench played really well. I think what, what's going to happen eventually is Struess was a starter last year. Yeah. And Struess, Struess can play defense and he also can score. I think Spolster is going to have to make a make a change with Caleb Martin and, and move Struess back in there because you need some guys that can stretch the floor. And when you have him and Tyler Hero on the floor, that opens up driving lanes for Jimmy. Jimmy does not want to take three-point shots, okay? We know that. Jimmy does not want to take three-point shots. I mean, Jimmy was he, – he took no three-point shots la uh, last night. He's He probably shot 16% last year, at least in the second half, which was the worst of his career. So he's not taking – three-point shots but what he does do is he gets to the foul line and when you get to the foul line you need driving angles and, and, and angles to get to the rim if you have three-point shooters out there which Miami you know historically does it allows Jimmy to get to the free throw line 13 14 times a game but if guys like Caleb Martin is not uh or Cody Martin which whatever I don't know Caleb Cody, Caleb yeah um Caleb if he if he's if he's not making shots which he didn't make shots last night he was one to three from the three-point line I think he was three of nine. Uh, and that really hurts Jimmy's game. That hurts Bam's game because now the defense can kind of pack in and force you to shoot. And with Kyle Lowry not hitting anything yesterday, there was really no outside threat other than Tyler Hero and then Duncan Robinson when he came in as truce. You mentioned the fact that uh, Io DeSumo had a big game and, you know, people were wondering how would the Bulls fill that point guard position while Lonzo was out. Io DeSumo looked like an like a eight- to ten-year vet in that game. Not only did he play – really well on the floor, but he showed leadership qualities. After Andre Drummond got a technical, he went over, calmed down the big guy, and, and he was talking to players throughout. I'm sure you saw that from your from – you, of course, you were way up in the rafters, I know, yesterday. But I'm yeah, sure you we, noticed that, that Io is – I think is taking it upon himself. Listen, if I'm going to be the starting point guard, I'm going to take control of this squad. And I thought that was really great to see for a second-year player to have the respect of his teammates and make sure that his voice was going to be heard out there. Well, Mark, he was doing that last year as a rookie. And so, uh, you know, he, he leads by example. The, the team respects him. They know he plays hard. So no one's ever going to get upset by him talking to them and trying to calm someone down. That's what a leader does. That's what a point guard does. You know, I've been a leader since high school. He was a leader at uh, Illinois. You know, it just carries over. He's got leadership skills. He's got leadership ability. So when you put him out there in the lineup, you know, and then you watch how hard he plays. You watch how hard he gets over screens and how he attacks the basket. And the thing I liked about Io is he played under control. You know, you, I mean, Miami is a very good defensive team. That wasn't a bad defensive team we were playing. That's one of the best defensive teams in the league consistently over the last 15 years. So for him to get out there and play under control, get the team into the offense, but still be able to hit his shots, I thought he shot the ball from the three-point line, no hesitation. 
didn't pass up shots. He came down one time in transition, and I thought it was Steph Curry. Like, he just ran right to the line, and he just he jacked it up. <laughs> and I like that. You know, last year, he would not have shot that. Right. And he was wide open, and he had to take that shot because that's the best shot you're going to get in transition because he had no one running with him. So it wasn't like you could have dumped the ball inside. So he's coming. He's flowing in transition. He stops behind the line, and he lets it go. Uh, he shot 50% from the three-point line. He was 7 of 14 from the field, so he shot 50% for the game. Uh, and had I think he had he had six, six rebounds and four assists. He just controlled the tempo of the game. And he was the one thing I said this last night. I keep telling the Bulls need to run. They've got to run. Patrick Williams, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, when he's going to figure this out, but it's got to figure it out soon. Um, you're not, they're not going to run plays for you. Okay. You got to understand that in your mind. They're not going to run plays. IO, when he gets the ball, IO is pushing a pace. He is pushing the ball to the floor and he's forcing guys to run. That's why you saw DeMar get that dunk down the middle of the lane because they pushed the, they pushed the tempo. Um, Patrick, Patrick kind of floats out there. He's got to, he's got to run. He's got to be a wing runner. When he doesn't have the ball, you got to go out there and start running and filling lanes and going in there dunking the basketball because if you're sitting around waiting for them to run a play for you, it's just not going to happen. So last night, it was a key moment for him, and I said this in the game, was that, you know, DeMar went out. And so he was in there with Vooch and I think uh, Dragic, and, and there were some other, but he was like, the, he could have been the featured player in that lineup. And he just, you, you couldn't find him. He was non-existent. Like he didn't, he wasn't aggressive. He didn't go look for the ball and say, give me the ball. I'm taking over. Uh, he just kind of, he was just like out there and he's got to, he's got to turn that around. If, if the bulls are going to, if he's going to be an impactful player for the bulls, he's got to turn that mentality around. Stop talking about it and go out and do it. I'll tell you, how would you like to be uh, Io's agent right now? You know, he was a second-round draft pick, so he only signed a two-year contract. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He's going to get a nice contract the way he's playing. I know it's only one game, but, I mean, I think he's going to have a big year. And, and he's going to – you know, a guy that was wondering how could they pick 37 players ahead of me is really looking at a bright financial future now. Well, I mean, he's playing – he's showing the world that they made a mistake. Yeah. He was a first-round talent that fell in the second round. The Bulls didn't have a first-round pick. He ended up kind of basically being the first-round pick for the Bulls, just got him in the second round. He works extremely hard. They're, they're extremely happy with him. This is a kid you never have to worry about that he's not going to put the work in. I mean, look at his body. I mean, he looks totally different than he did last year. He's able to get to the basket now and take contact and be able to finish around the rim, where last year, you know, he still had that, that college body. And right, right. It, 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 you know, guys knocked him around a little bit. Now he's when he gets screened, he's he's punishing the screener. He's because he's got ten pounds of muscle on him now. That makes a big difference. So we mentioned the home opener coming up Saturday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and one guy we know will be in the stands. Great Chicago sports teams uh, supporter, our buddy Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance. That's our friend, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacey's already rolling with the jingle. It is time for bull season. The golden pipes are flowing. <laughs> nationwide is on your side. <laughs> Stacey King, live from Washington, D.C., giving us the nationwide jingle. And 
We're going to talk to Stacey Dales about the NFL in just a little bit, but we uh, we would be remiss if we didn't discuss the whole Zach Levine situation. Uh, just a bizarre set of circumstances where Zach met with reporters last Friday in a group interview session and told everybody how happy he was that his knee felt 100%. His explosiveness was back. He didn't have to think about, oh, I can't go left or I can't dunk on this. And then he showed up on the injury report, first as questionable, then as out against the Miami Heat. Then there was some comments from Billy Donovan that he that he had some discomfort after some hard scrimmages in practice. Zach maintains he's fine, and and, and Stacy, you said that he's hoping to play tomorrow night, even though the Bulls organization put out some information that he's out. Well, I mean, it's a wait and see, Mark. I mean, I, bottom line is, uh, you know, they're they're taking precautionary uh, with Zach. He's been in a situation where he had surgery, and you know, this is kind of things happen. You know, you just gotta you just gotta wait and see. Um, you know, how he responds to treatment. And if he can go, he can go. If he can, he can. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think everybody has to have, you know, temper their expectations right now with him because you'd rather have Zach missing games now than missing games when they actually count in the second half of the season when we're making a playoff push. Uh, because we remember last year, that was one of the reasons in that Milwaukee game, you know, in that series, he struggled because he had his knee. He had a, he had a bad knee. It was hard for him to to play up to his potential. If that's a healthy Zach Levine out there, maybe that series is totally different. Um, so you gotta, you gotta temper expectations right now. I mean, we've got enough depth to cover up for guys being hurt right now. Uh, I mean, does that mean we're going to win every game? No, it doesn't, but it proved last night. He didn't play last night. And, and, and to be honest with you, the bulls dominated Miami last night. Yeah, okay, you can say whatever you want to say. You can say whatever it was a lot. The game was a lot closer at the end than what it really was. The Bulls from from the second quarter on dominated Miami. So uh, I think they've shown people they got good quality depth. Uh, they got a good. They got a, their younger players now have have developed and they're and they're ready to play. I thought Kobe White came in and played well uh, off the bench uh, in the minutes that he played, knocked down some shots. So I expect big things for their for the rest of the year for the bench. And I and I'm not worried about Zach. I know he'll come on when he's ready. The other uh, Bulls. Scheduled starting guard, Lonzo Ball, of course, recently had an arthroscopic procedure to try to remove some debris. And his dad, who's never shy uh, to, in front of a microphone, LeVar Ball, told people that they think they finally got to the root of the problem, which was there was some uh, debris, some bone fragment that was rubbing on a nerve, and that was what was causing the pain. And according to LeVar Ball, uh, this latest procedure took care of that. So hopefully Lonzo can uh, go with his rehab without any interruptions and, and be back maybe around Christmas or the start of the new year. And, you know, I know Bulls fans are just hoping that all these injuries are behind him because it's been so awful the last few years. And, and I've had a lot of people, Stacy on Twitter, blaming the Bulls medical doctors. I think it's fair to point out that both Zach and Lonzo picked their own physician for their, these latest procedures. So don't blame the Bulls medical team. They, they chose yeah. their, their own doctors. Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, that's people who don't know what goes on in the NBA locker yeah. room, and they don't know what goes on in a, a, a franchise. To blame the medical staff is is uh, just insane. You know, because these are injuries that happen in the game. That has nothing to do with the training staff. You know, guy hurts his knee. You know, Lonzo hurt his knee years ago. It's still the same knee that's bothering him now. That has been bothering him when he came in yeah. as a rookie. So, uh, at the end of the day, you know those are injuries you can't prevent. Those are injuries that you can't plan for. So to blame the medical staff is a joke. Um, the Bulls have one of the better medical staffs in the league. Um, unfortunately, like I said, we have so many injuries. I keep thinking somebody has a voodoo doll 
yeah, of uh, the Bulls players because it's, I mean, yeah, go back to Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose was here. You know, it seemed like every year someone was out with injury. And it's just been, you can, you know, it's kind of, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, like, does somebody have a voodoo doll? But um, we all know that Zoe's going to come back. He's on the trip. You know, he's here on the trip, you know, so he's, uh, I guess his uh, stitches are, are uh, coming out, I guess. And um, he's doing starting his rehab. So to see him on the trip supporting his team is awesome, you know, because he could have easily stayed in Chicago or went back out to California to rehab or whatever. But he's here with his teammates. Um, he's a great teammate. You know, all the guys love him. And uh, for him to be out here uh, is a big boost to morale, basically. Yeah, it'd be great when the Bulls can get their starting backcourt on the court one, once again. And we'll, we'll see Zach Levine. I'm sure we'll see him in one of the games this weekend. And then, as Stacy mentioned, it's going to be a process throughout the year to see how many games he can play, if he can play back-to-backs. The Bulls have a lot of back-to-backs coming up, so we'll see how they're going to use Zach Levine. Stacy, before we uh, switch to football, I do want to ask you, the first couple nights of the NBA, some interesting stories. Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, wow, they couldn't look better against uh, the Brooklyn Nets. They destroyed them. Zion had a big game. And then how about LeBron James calling out his GM saying, well, we don't really have any shooting around me. I mean, one game, and it's already starting to crumble down in La La Land. Well, well, go first, you know, to talk about that New Orleans team. New Orleans is going to be a good team. They were a good team last year. They made the playoffs without Zion Williamson. Uh, now you're adding a guy like him. It's like adding two players. Yeah. So it's the same thing when we get Lonzo back. When you get Lonzo back to the team that's already out here playing, and hopefully by the time we get him back, you know, we're one of the top teams in Eastern Conference. And now you add a player like that, that's like adding two or three players. So that only strengthens you. Uh, Zion looked good in the preseason when we saw him. So – uh, as long as he's healthy, uh, they got a shot to uh, do some damage. I still don't think they're a team that can get past the second round. Um, I don't think they have enough quality depth to beat some of the top teams in the in the Western Conference. Not saying that they can't, but on paper, I just don't think they have. They're, they're a couple of players away, you know, to being that, you know, elite team, you know, even with Zion Williams healthy. Um, as far as Brooklyn, for them to come into Brooklyn and blow them out like that, I can tell you right now, I heard Kyrie Irving's, you know, uh, you know, his press conference. This is going to be an on, on, you know, site thing every game, you know, because the fact that, you know, uh, they didn't want to be there anyway. You know, they all wanted to be traded anyway. And so now the owners said, hey, you're here. You just get used to it. You're here. We're not trading you. So you got a lot of disgruntled players there. And, yeah, they're without Joe Harris and some other key players. But you still got, you know, you still got Kevin Durant. You had Ben Simmons, who had a terrible game. Um, who still can't score, still can't shoot. And at the end of the day, you need a player of his caliber to be, be able to at least get you 14, 15 points. And I don't, I don't know if he, he's, he's capable of doing that, Mark. I mean, he fouled, almost fouled, I think he fouled out last night with six fouls, uh, guarding, trying to guard. Now, he's a great defensive player, but, man, you need him to be able to give you something offensively because when those other two guys are playing and, they're getting, and they don't have it going, you need somebody else to be able to take some pressure off them and then, you know, and then you look at the Lakers. You know, I'm so tired of hearing the talk about the Lakers. Listen, <laughs> the Bulls, let me tell you something. The Bulls had a big win last night, and you barely heard anything about yeah. them on the national level. You barely heard anything about them, okay? And that's just – that tells you the disrespect they have for Chicago. You know, you're talking about New Orleans winning, Zion's back, whatever. Okay, the Bulls went into Miami and beat the, uh, the uh, you know, the number one team in the Eastern Conference last year a team that went to the finals a couple of years ago that basically has their whole entire team intact. It wasn't like an injury riddled Miami heat. They went in in game one in South beach, 
beat a team that's favored to be one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference, Mark, and it barely made a ripple. If this would have been anybody else that beat the Miami Heat, they'd be talking about it like it's crazy. All these pundits who keep talking about, oh, the Bulls will be a play-in team if they're lucky. Watch how many people turn when the Bulls – if the Bulls win t- uh, tomorrow and turn around and beat Cleveland on Saturday at home and start yeah. off 3-0 – Watch all the turncoats start talking about the Bulls. The Bulls are the team to watch. We we knew it. They have a great uh, DeMar DeRozan. He's an early MVP candidate. You watch how many people turn and jump on the bandwagon after those first three games. Yeah, and you mentioned Ben Simmons. He only took three shots in the game. They were all on alley-oops. They were right next to the basket. They, they played 10 feet off of him, no, dared him to shoot, and, and he wouldn't shoot the ball. So this is going to be an Mark, ongoing storyline. Mark. Mark, I'm 55 years old. I can go out there and get three shots right now. Come <laughs> no, on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, Ben Simmons. Come on, bro. Hey, hey, listen. Three shots and you're an all-star? Come yeah. on, bro. No way. You got to get. You got at least get double-digit shots. And, you know, I don't know if that dynamic is going to work for Brooklyn. You know, I just don't. I don't know. Because I can already see. If Kyrie Irving's already talking after one game about the intensity level and guys not coming ready to play, as after game one, you're already talking about that. Yeah. You know, so what are they going to do when you get game 15? Let's say you get off to a slow start, Mark, and you're like, you know, three and 12 or five and 11. What are you going to say then? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because the East is so loaded. If you get off to a start, you know, one and six, one and seven, you're going to be buried. No question about that. Hey, Stacy, a lot of people are asking me how they can get your signature hot sauce. Tell the folks oh, how they can pick oh, up a few bottles. Oh. Oh, hold on, baby. <laughs> now we don't have we don't have whispers to do as Christopher Walken. I don't know if, I don't know if you want to do a celebrity voice here to, for the read or not. Oh Lord, no, I'm not. I'm not doing no celebrity. <laughs> That's whisper deal. Oh, trying to score the best hot sauce in the game? Well, listen up because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. Give me the hot sauce it has the best small batch or organic sauces for your kitchen. Whether it's Chicago style red sauce with a garlic twist. Fan favorite and Stacy King favorite, St. Pat's Verde, or Spicy Sweet King Q, which is a barbecue sauce, if you didn't know what yeah. that meant, America, are, or, or it's the hottest of the bunch, Chicago Fire 1871. It will burn your lips off, okay? <laughs> so make sure you stop by, give me the hot sauce, G-I-M-M-E-T-H-E, hotsauce.com. Use code KING21 to get 21% off your first order. Do it today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Gene! Me, Gene! <laughs> hey, hey, hey Stacy, we, we heard the squeal again coming out of a commercial break yesterday during the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, we heard that. So we still got to tighten up that production. You know what? You know, the, the production team, I don't know, man. They're kind of lax back there. See, I always do it. I always do it because I always make them laugh when I do it. So yeah. when we get when we when we start to get countdown back to live live television, I always do it right at like when it goes three, two, and right when he gets ready to yell one, I go, <laughs> and then and they start laughing. But I didn't know it came out on air. Yeah. So yeah, they gotta tighten that up, man. They gotta tighten that up. Well, you got a good laugh from everybody here, so we appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, my, my <laughs> Sriracha team loves that. We're gonna talk a little NFL, Chicago Bears football coming up next with our special guest Stacy Dales on Gimme the Hot Sauce, episode one oh three. Episode 103 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. As we mentioned, it's all Stacy all the time, and we are happy to welcome in 
The lovely and talented Stacey Dales. You watch her on the NFL Network. She's stationed here in Chicago. She does a lot of great work on the Bears and other teams in the NFC North. But what a lot of people might not know is she's also got that Sooner pride. She was an All-American player at the University of Oklahoma. And is that how you got to know Stacey, Stacey Dales? <laughs> well, it's good to be with you. I'm, I mean, the fact that I'm with a legend and you, Tim, uh, you could be a legend too today. <laughs> Um, it's great to be with you. I mean, so I've been like a fan of, of the other Stacy. And by the way, thank, thanks for spelling the name, right? Um, <laughs> that's the first so time they spelled anything right. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Pick up the for punches. Tyson. So long. I mean, I wore the number 21. I know Stace wore the number 21. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, we got some good roots in Oklahoma. I would say that. Yes. Yes. You know, there's. You know, she's Stacy, and I'm Stacy with two legends at University of Oklahoma. Uh, I tell you, it's it's great to see her career uh, go. I mean, seriously, like I watch NFL Network, and I see her on there. I'm like, oh my god, it's my girl! Oh, I gotta watch it! I gotta watch it! Uh, so I, I'm proud of you. And uh, a lot of people don't know that you who. A lot of people just think you just you know you just transitioned into doing the NFL Network. They didn't know that you were an All American player at Oklahoma and then got drafted with number three at the WNBA when it first started out. You're like one of the pioneers, basically. Yeah, you know what? I forgot I hooped too. I mean, I've been in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you know what reminds me though, guys? That like it reminds my injuries. You know, I don't think you could ever talk to a former athlete without you know understanding what you went through when you have all these later life injuries. That is the reminder for me. Um, the one thing I never got, though, Stace, was like a championship. And so I'm very envious of you that you had that. I think when you look back on your career, which was all those years ago, like sometimes it does feel like it was yesterday, is you miss, you want to win a championship. And I never got to win one at Oklahoma. We were close. Um, and I never got to win one in the WNBA. We were close to, especially in my first years when I was in D.C., um, where I think you are right now. And, uh, you know, we, we were play, a playoff contender, but you know, you always regret that. You never look back and think, man, I wish I could have scored more points or averaged more or did this or that more. You always want to, you want a title, you want a ring, you want all of that that goes with it. So like when I see the NBA now and I see these players leave and jump ship and you're starting to see a little bit of it in the NFL, right? Where you're building a roster. I think the Rams were, uh, you know, the Super Bowl winning Rams last year were a really good example of that. Like, how can we win now? Because it's so freaking hard to win at any pro level. You know what I mean? Hey, for all the folks that are watching us on YouTube, uh, we want to compliment Stacy on her beautiful backdrop. I think you are have the best backdrop of any guest we've had on. And we see one of your dogs sleeping behind you. Stacy, <laughs> Stacy's got a couple of pups uh, at home that that run him ragged. But what about your dogs? <laughs> Yeah, these are my dogs. These are my dogs. Look at you know I got the only thing I need is a Stacy King bobblehead. bobblehead. Yeah, I mean, oh, you, they're they're collector's <laughs> item. They're, they're hard to get. I got my MJ. I got my Kobe. I got my Walter Payton. My Peyton Manning. I even got Gretzky up top. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I need a Stacy King bobblehead. That's all I'm gonna hit you up. I'm not gonna bug you for tickets. I, I want a bobblehead. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna I'm gonna do one better. I'm gonna give you a bobblehead. I'll get you a bobblehead, and I'm gonna get you my my cover of uh, the Montana magazine that I was uh, voted 10 most sexist <laughs> men in Montana. I'm going to make sure you get that. I'll make sure, I'll make sure you get that cover too. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of haters in that room over there, Stacy. My oh, co-host, Mark, my co-host, Mark is a hater over there. He's a hater. 
my it's god. the best doctor cover you've ever seen in your life montana magazine 10 sexy oh my god. i cannot i need to see this like i'm i've got my ipad up i need to start do we have that you need hey yeah we're gonna show it to you as soon yeah, as the guys yeah. get it up Stacey, but yeah Stacey, you know what I, i've never been to montana stacy uh, I think it was the Women's Rotary Club that voted me. They yeah. voted yeah. me, Brad Pitt, and Phil Denzel Jackson. Washington. Wait, no, Phil up. Jackson didn't. He didn't make the top ten. Phil Jackson didn't hold make the top ten. Up. Hold up. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There yeah. it is. See, there it is right there. Stacy, <laughs> I'm gonna get you. A, I'm gonna sign an autograph, and you can put that up, okay? Because you're my girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> the pose, like you had the lip pose, like. See. Hey, I used to model. I, I, I used to model at J.C. Penney when my mom worked at J.C. Penney when I was eight years old. So you know, I have a little skills when it comes to that blue steel look. <laughs> oh, it's too good. See, Mark, Mark is a hater. He's a hater back there. Oh my God. All right, let's let's just switch the gears now. Let's let's talk football because you know we I consider you an expert in football. Let's let's talk about our Bears. Okay, okay. we're a little frustrated about our bears okay we understand a young quarterback whose second year he's developing okay i i feel like they need to take the training wheels off and and let him play you know just yeah. let let him throw it around the yard and you know when he's when he's when they let him go he he is a really good quarterback but it seems like they after they let him throw a 60-yard bomb they come back and say let's just dink and dime now and go back to being a basic offense do you believe the same thing they should take the training wheels off of him yeah, I do. I, I, I'm right there with you. And I, I've covered, this is my 14th season in the NFL. And when you have a player of this athletic prowess, I mean, when you stand beside Justin Fields, I mean, he is a freaking beast. And when you look back at what he did in college, I mean, I, I did a pro day with, you know, Ohio State this past offseason. And, you know, some of the good receivers, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave came out of there. But I talked to the head coach. I'm like, what would you do with Fields? Get him moving. And make him a red zone, like a dynamic red zone threat, like to where when he has the ball, he's gone. Um, I kind of, I was on the radio the other day, Stace, and and I used the analogy, you know, when you're, you're playing basketball and you got a point guard who is certain the offense kind of works. And yet sometimes you'll get a point guard, breaks it down, gets to the middle of the lane and gets up in the air and he gets caught in the air. And I, I just feel metaphorically a lot of Justin get, getting caught and whether that's holding the ball for too long or not knowing, should I throw it? Should I, should I go through this progression to this guy or maybe hesitating? I still see some hesitation. And I think what you're saying is, hey, let's cut this young man loose and let him just throw the playbook away in a sense and let him go play backyard football, junkyard football. And, uh, you know, kind of like you go play find two other guys or gals and go play three on three somewhere on a court in the middle of nowhere and, you know, kind of let him go. And I, I agree. I want, I wish I could see that a little bit more just because as a fan of the game, you know, that once you make those plays, those are the ones where your goosebumps yes. pop up and the team starts rallying around. I, I watched Lamar Jackson do it for years in Baltimore yeah. and them basically to say, Oh, he's one of the top five runners in the league right now. Lamar Jackson. He's like top five in rushing with the running backs. You got Nick Chubb there. You got Saquon Barkley there. Lamar Jackson, I believe is in this conversation. And it's like, I just love that they kind of let him go. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is Lamar. I don't like to compare quarterbacks personally, 
But uh, yeah, I, I, I would just be like, I don't care if you turn it over. You know, when I was a point guard, my rookie, my freshman year in college, my coach was like, Sherry Cole was like, I don't care if you hit 10 security guards and you ding them in the head. <laughs> Throw the damn ball. Cause somebody's going to yep. catch it at some point. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. The only yep. way you, the only way you learn is by doing and failing. And I think, you know, let the young man fail a little bit and let him just go. Of course, he's working with another coaching staff. Last year, he had Matt Nagy. This year, he has Matt Eberflus and Luke mm-hmm. Etzi as his uh, offensive coordinator. I don't know if you were at Hallis Hall earlier today, but uh, Eberflus was asked directly uh, to evaluate fields, and he kind of danced around it and basically said he needs to improve his footwork and yeah. kind of manage the passing game. And I know the biggest criticism has been that he's holding the, onto the ball too long. At Ohio State, he had guys running free by 30 yards, and he's throwing long bombs. doesn't work that mm-hmm. way in the NFL when you're playing against the best players in the world. Do you think that's a legitimate criticism, that he's holding the ball too long? I just think it's everybody. I think – honestly and first of all the the nfl is the defenses in the nfl they always have a leg up they just do i mean when you're bringing heat with uh, any of these front sevens that you know they just they just lost to the washington commanders thursday night football that front seven is legit no joke this is like a top four in sacks top four and third down which is money down um that's hard and they're going to make you hold the ball a little bit more but there's problems with the offensive line continuity there Who's he throwing it to? You know, the talent, the talent, I believe if you make a team in the NFL, you're talented. Um, I just think you got to take the guesswork out of his mind, like Stace said, and just kind of let him roll. And, um, you know, it's so hard for me, though, to play armchair quarterback when I'm not in those meetings and I'm not breaking down that tape. I always hesitate. I love Matt Eberflus. I'm a big Eberflus fan. Um, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, is a Green Bay product as far as his development coaching, working with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, so I have a lot of respect for them. Um, but I, I think you look at like you look at the talent that he has. Like I, I just want any sport you want to break down. What are you good at? And how can I make you excel with the traits that you have? You know, and so that's that's what I, I hope to see him cut it loose a little bit more as the season goes on. You know, speaking of Green Bay, um, they're struggling mightily. They've been struggling since the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has not had any continuity with the receivers. Did did Devontae Adams make that big of an impact in Green Bay? Because it just seems like since he left, like their receiving corps are just not good at all. Like he 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 can't get the ball to any guys that can catch it. They don't hold on to the ball. They don't run right routes. You hear him cursing at him on in the field. He's actually <laughs> telling guys, get over here, get over here. Like they don't know the plays. Like, have you seen that? Have you sensed that same frustration from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I mean, one of Aaron's gifts, Stacy, is his ability to be escapable, actually. And Be escapable to the degree of now he gives that receiver and that receiver was Devontae Adams enough time to freelance. When you think about like the last dance, you think about Pippen and and, and Jordan, this is the same type of deal. Okay. It it really is. Um, It's just, it was a dynamic relationship on the field and off the field, but just dynamic to where it's, they have a sixth sense for each other. And that is definitely missing. So when you think about his ability to extend plays and he's all, he was always looking for 17 right now, he's got some young bucks out there that, you know, maybe don't know that last thing that he's that little piece that he's looking for. 
when I was in London for a couple of weeks, I had the Packers over in London this season, and I had a great conversation with Randall Cobb, who is one of the receivers. He's injured right now for the Packers, and he and Rodgers are like tight. And one of the reasons Aaron wanted to bring him back, and I think you'll love, both of you will love this, is he called him the translator. And I, I asked I, Randall, I was like, what does that mean? He said, I have the ability to teach these young guys like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watts, some of these younger receivers or guys that haven't played with Aaron, like Sammy Watkins, who's going to be coming back here soon from injury. Um, I translate what every route tweak is. So Randall is an impeccable route runner, one of the best in the NFL um, that we've seen. And he actually has to teach those last parts. It's kind of like, you know, I, I always compare, like I look at different sports, like how do I feed the post? How do I know how Stacey King wants it on the low block? And when he needs to just jump a little bit and, you know, Sigma back to, to get his shot off. And where do I need to place that ball? Like, those are all things that you just get over time that I think Rogers isn't getting right now fully. And that's why you see a three and three record and maybe some, you know, discontinuity a little bit offensively, but they'll be fine. I mean, he's, he's a hall of fame quarterback. So. Hey, don't look down, but one of your dogs is staring you down. I don't know if he or she is hungry or wants to walk or whatever, but she, she wanted hey, to wear it. I was checking. Hey, Mark, I was checking that out, too. I was checking that out, too. He had a look on his face. I was like, whoa. Yeah. This is this is a ruby. Oh. A ruby. Sweet. That's a ruby. So she, uh, they're all obsessed with me. I told you guys this. I don't know what it is about me, but my dogs. My no, dogs. No. What's the dog on the couch back there that's like knocked out? Oh, that is a blue. She's a blue. She's a blue tick coonhound. You'll love this, Stace. She is from Oklahoma. So, oh, oh, nice. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I had to have a hound from Oklahoma. Um, by the way, it is such an honor to be really with you both. I, I just appreciate this so much. I, I really am such a fan of, of um, you know, where we came from. I mean, you're from Oklahoma. You played for Billy Tubbs. I mean. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? The great late yeah. Billy Tubbs. Like, yeah. Are you yeah. play for Sherry Cole? Sherry Cole's right up there as far That's as right. like being one of, the, one of the greatest coaches, especially female coaches. Cause like I've always been a big fan of Sherry Cole's. And so mm -hmm. to see her build that program up, and you were one of the one of the main pieces as that program was coming up, one of her one of her main pieces. And uh, they've been running it, they were running it ever since. I know, I know. It's very proud, humbling, right? To leave. You never forget where you came from. And I'm Canadian by nature, but Oklahoma will always be like a second home to me. And um, so when I'm with people from Oklahoma or, you know, my fellow Sooners, it means a lot. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're, we run deep. We, we, we're family. So, yeah. you know, I don't think people understand that. You know, you have to have loyalty <laughs> to your university, you know, right. win, lose, or draw, even though the Sooners are, are not playing like Oklahoma that we are accustomed to seeing in football right now. I've been tempted to jump off the bandwagon a couple of times, Stace. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. When they, when they got beat by Texas and humiliated by Texas, uh, I was I, I did tell people I went to Alabama. I did say that. <laughs> I did say that. I, I, I'm ashamed of it. I'm ashamed of it, Stacey. But the way they got beat by Texas, we don't lose to Texas like that. Okay? We don't do that. And yeah. that was embarrassing. And so yeah. I was a little hurt. I was a little hurt by it. I was hurt by my Sooners that let me down. I got to listen to all this crap. 
appear. Oh, Texas Longhorns. Everybody making fun of Texas Longhorns. Every time the players, Texas Longhorns beat Oklahoma. I said, oh, okay. This is, this but what do you do? Point. So here's my question during the game. Are you like, are you like the guy who turns off the game and like go, get, goes and gets like pours a stiff one? Are you like, are you like screaming at the TV? Because me, I'm just like, I can't watch it. I got to turn it off. I think maybe I'm the problem because I'm watching it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm yelling at the TV. I'm screaming. I'm, I'm upset because I can't listen. I don't mind losing if it's a close game. Okay. 24 to 26, 32 to 34. I can deal with that, but they were humiliated, humiliated. And no. we've never, as long as I can remember the OU Texas robbery, even as a little kid, I don't ever remember Texas putting a beating on us like that. That hurt. And if that doesn't sit, if that does, if that sits well with those kids in Oklahoma right now, uh, uh, next year, you better put that same beating on Texas next year. That, yeah. That's the one, that's the one squad I'm circling on my, on my calendar. We got to get them. Yeah. I just feel bad. Cause I'm a, you know, I, I love Venables. I mean, I, I do. I, I just, but you know, like a defensive guy, I'm, I'm like, what are the problems? I guess the college game now is just so explosive offensively and it's so spread out offensively. Right. Um, it's just like, Mark, where'd you go to school by the way? I hate, I Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin. He went to Wisconsin. Oh. Uh, they're they're okay. terrible this year. They fired a coach in season. season. That doesn't happen yeah, very often. Yeah, they fired, yeah. They fired him. Yeah, he went to he went to Dunkin' Donuts to get some coffee, and he came back, and his, his uh, door was locked <laughs> to his office. He was fired. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, dude. He went to the brat <laughs> stop. He went to the brat stop for lunch, and uh, yeah, yeah. couldn't get back Yeah. There. Yeah, I had to bring it up, I guess. That yeah, I'm glad call. you did. I'm glad you did because I forgot about it, Stacey. I'm glad you brought that yeah. back up because I kind of forgot about it. I need to let him know because he always wants to tell me when they're winning, he wants mm -hmm. to say something. Right. Yeah. But he's been awful quiet this year. <laughs> he hasn't been able to say nothing this year. Well, we got to get another I forgot he went to Wisconsin because he ain't talked. We got to get another Jonathan Taylor. That's what we got to get. There you right? go. Yeah. 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 Ron Dane. Ron Dane. Yeah, one of those guys. Russell Wilson. You, you need a bunch of people. Just go yeah. back and go get J.J. Watt. We'll bring everybody back. Make it an alumni right. game, yeah. Hey, Stacy, I see that uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that she's got a, a, a lovely blue hoodie on, and that reminds me of your days with the Chicago Sky. What was uh, your thoughts as you watched them celebrate a championship with Candace Parker a year ago? I was so happy. I was so happy. You know, I saw Candace um, at a Bears game this year, and – I, I just, I'm amazed by her. Like the fact that she's killing it at this, this tenure in her career yeah. is phenomenal. I'm like, girl, when are you going to retire? <laughs> um, but, but I, I say that with such respect, mad respect. And uh, I still know so many of the people at the sky, like Ann Crosby, their strength and conditioning coach, who is second to none. And one of my favorite people ever and Michael Alter and his ownership. And I remember being a part of that first team. I actually scored our very first basket. I came out of retirement. I was at a tough place in my life and I retired temporarily and I came back to play for the sky. That's how I fell in love with the city of Chicago besides the bulls, because the bulls were my team. Just so you know, I was like that kid who went out and tried to be every one of you on the court when I was growing up um, in my driveway in Canada. But uh, yeah, this guy, I just, I'm glad you brought it up, Mark, because I, I am so proud of them and what they've, you know, what they've accomplished. I love Vandersloot. I'm such a Sloot fan. She is so good. Um, just everything you want in a point guard. Um, love the coaching. Um, 
so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big sky fan. I, I, because I'm, I'm always doing football games. I don't get to as many games of anything else that I want, but uh, I couldn't be happier for them. Yeah, you know, you talk about being, you know, being born and raised in Canada. Talk a little bit about that growing up because that's a hockey country. And yeah. now, now what you're starting to see now is you're starting to see influx of talent, basketball talent coming through Canada. They, they have a really good youth program now, and these guys are starting to filter into the NBA. And it's really good to see because, like I said, it's always been known as a hockey environment. And mm. you growing up, like, it, let's say you didn't play basketball. What would you have played coming from Canada? Well. Hockey? Would you have played hockey? Yeah, I grew up in hockey rinks, Stacey. Like, my brother was an amazing hockey player. But the truth of him was he became the proverbial goon. He became a fighter. He's like, he, you know, six, three, when he was like, I don't know, 16 years old. And he spent the, the, the game in the penalty box. And wow. the problem the dichotomy was he was so skilled and I, I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying. This guy could play hockey and do things with a puck that I have never seen before. Like he, he was like a, a dancing bear on ice. And so I grew up, you know, in hockey rinks, just following his career. And then I come from a very small town. They started a house league in hoops and it was not expensive. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. So my mom and dad, my mom was like, you want to try this? Just a house league. Um, my first sport was soccer and, you know, they started the basketball program when I was like eight. And uh, as much as I thought I was, you know, love soccer, basketball became my passion. And I literally did grow up in my driveway. I would watch, you know, triple header on NBC and I would go out and I would try to be Akeem Olajuwon and then Jordan and Magic. And um, I was a Bulls fan, like a diehard Bulls fan. Like I, so soon as Jordan Rules came out, that book, I bought it. And I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, so it's, it's really cool to come from a place where hockey is more our religion. It really is. But um, I love what you said about our, our basketball programs because, you know, like, Guys like Jay Triano and what he what he did for us, Steve Nash. I mean, really the the pioneers, the the cornerstones like Bev Smith um, from the women's side. Like, there's just so many people who grinded it out. I remember going to um, I played for the Canadian team. I remember going to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and we got like ten dollars per diem a day, you know. And I, we just didn't have the funds. We didn't have the money. And now it's just amazing to see you know, some of the players that have come over and represent it really impactfully in the NBA and the WNBA. Stacy, I worked for a number of years with uh, Sarah Kustak over at NBC Sports Chicago. She's now, of course, doing great work with the Brooklyn Nets yeah. on their TV broadcast. And I know she still likes to play pickup games with the guys, to, you know, after shoot arounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you and Sarah were going to play a one-on-one -on -one game, who would win? Definitely Sarah if she's still playing because I ain't touching the ball. <laughs> <laughs> And Sarah, Sarah, she like mad respect for her. She's so good at what she does. She always looks like it. She's impeccable shape. I, if I, yes. I will break something, I will break something. I do not touch <laughs> basketball. People are like, can you come and play in this tournament for us? Yeah. It's, it, I'm like, I would love to, but I cannot because something in my body will fall off. So I don't know if that answers the question mark, but yeah, that's uh, the truth of it. Yeah. But you were an Olympian, uh, you know, Sarah doesn't have that on her resume. Well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe we could like go toe to toe. I don't know, but uh, I'd probably give it to her. Um, now, if we were two on 
two others and probably win easily. Yeah, I think you're um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you against you two, I mean, Sarah and I would like. Well, Stacy, Stacy's open when he gets out of the car, so we'd have that. Hey, advantage. that's right. As soon as I get out of the car, I'm open. Just give me the ball. Give me the hot sauce, baby. Give me the hot sauce. I'm training three. I became now. I'm a three point shooter now. I've I've vacated the post. I have transitioned to the wing now, and I'm I'm basically a, a guard forward. So, and I'm not coming past half court. We're only playing half court. If you try to play full court. You ain't getting me on the defensive end. I'm just standing on the offensive end, pitching ahead to me, and I'll shoot it. I, I could just see this. Like, you ain't – you don't step out on a court now, Stace, and, like, go up and work the mic on drill. You're, like – you're, like, the guy yeah. who gets the ball, and you're, like, pew from three, and you're <laughs> way off. You're way off. <laughs> you're warming up you on the three-point line. Hold up. First of all, Stace, I don't appreciate you talking about I'm way off, okay? I'm hitting the rim, and it's going in, okay? I'm just telling you. Okay, Steph Curry ain't got nothing on me. Okay, if if I was out here right now, if I had challenged Mark to a three point contest and we said the best out of yeah. ten, I'm beating Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm beating Mark, mm-hmm. and Mark's got a nice stroke. Mark can shoot it. Okay, but I'm beating him. Mm-hmm. Okay, but at the same time, the the mind says you can do anything that you want. The mind stays young. Okay, so when the mind calls the body and says, "Hey, body, we need to go play some hoops today," the body just <laughs> hangs the phone up. It hangs the phone up. They're not answering. You and the what? mind is saying, hey, did they just hang up on me? You know what I want an answer to? What can I get behind with the Bulls? Like, we got to get Levine healthy. Um, we got to get Ball healthy. Like, I, I, since I have you guys here, like, I want to know what I can get behind with this team because I'm, I'm loving them. I'm, I'm like, I like some of the addition. Um, I like the start, the Miami start. That's a, that's a good win to start off the season, but it's a long year. Like, what can I get behind? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, um, this team is going to be much better than they were last year. They won 46 games. I said they're going to win 50. Um, I think the key with any team, any team in the NBA that's going to be good is, is health and COVID. Those are the two things you're going to be battling all year long. Last year, we got hit harder than any team in the league with COVID. Yeah. I mean, COVID went all the way up to the organization. Everybody got sick in our organization. So uh, I think if we can avoid that. Um, I, I thought it was a big win for us last night because nobody gave us a chance to win that game last no. night without Zach Levine. You know, you're missing an all-star caliber player. Ball's out. Oh, Miami's going to win. I don't even know what the line was. Mark, do you know what that line was last night? It's like seven and a half. Yeah. Miami's and, we, and Miami and Miami has pretty much had our number the last few years. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I can I see why pumped. people didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why people would expect us not to win. But the one thing about this team that, I thought is different than last year's team is that you we've added some quality veterans. Yeah. We've added two guys that have been starters that are coming off the bench for us. Yeah. Uh, that has strengthened our bench. That's been one of the biggest reasons why we've averaged like 30, 40 points during the preseason, because we've got guys coming off the bench that are starters. So when you put, and you know, this as a basketball player, if I got, got a guy, a person who's converted from starting to the bench, but they started more games than they come off the bench. I have an advantage against your guard or your forward. I've got a starter going against your actual second or third team player. Yeah. So we have an advantage there. And so last night was huge when you saw Dragic come out and hit some like three or four threes. Yeah, I saw um, that. You know, and he and yeah. he does a great job of of running the show. He's a true point guard, and that was a give our front office a lot of credit because you know mm. you 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 got Lonzo Ball. You don't know what the situation is. He goes out with an injury. Now you're able to go get a a, a quality point guard in free agency. And bring him in as an insurance policy, basically. Yeah. And then ball goes out. Now you just plug him in. And, you know, it's just been, he's it, fun to watch. Like he's, he's a really good pro. He's a yeah. pro. Both him and Drummond 
are pros. They're not yeah. like some young kids. They know how to play. Uh, they're good teammates. They're they're going to push the people in front of them. Yeah. See, now you got guys on the bench, and that's what like made our championship team so good is that if you didn't come ready to play, there was guys on the bench, hungry dogs waiting to get in. And you you go back to your Oklahoma days. You know, if if you had people that weren't ready to play, there was people you know, licking their chops, waiting to get an opportunity to play. And if you have a coach that mm -hmm. knows that and will allow you to go out there and play and say, okay, this guy's playing better than you tonight. I'm sitting you down. I'm playing him. Guys come ready to play all the time. And that's, that's, that's what makes great teams. Yeah. I feel like the dynamics are really good. I also like, I like the idea of like a change of pace in a, in a way of like style. I like stylistic change too. I think that the guy you just mentioned, I think he brings a little stylistic approach. It's different. I think that makes the team better. Um, I've always wanted to ask you this. Who's your favorite teammate you've ever played with? Scotty Pippen. Really? Yeah, Scotty Why? Pippen. Scotty Pippen is a, one of the best teammates I've ever had. He's the best teammate I had. If you ask anybody off those championship teams, yeah. regardless of what regardless of what you see Scotty now in the media and, and some of the things that he said, you know, going against Michael, mm -hmm. um, I, per man, I guarantee you, Every single player would say the same thing. Scottie Pippen was the Damn. best team that I ever played with. Why? You know what? Michael was so, you know, you play with great players. They're demanding. You know, they're like yeah. the superstar, elite, uh, Hall of Fame type players. You saw Tom Brady yelling at his offensive line and getting on his offensive line the other day. And a lot of quarterbacks would not be able to do that. But a Peyton Manning, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. those guys are elite guys. And you have to be able to be like thick skin to play with those kind of players. And, you know, Michael was really tough. He was hard to play with, you know, and Scotty was always the calming force. So if Michael got on you for missing a pass or something, Scotty would always come up and tell you, say, don't worry about it. Keep playing. We need you. Don't worry about that. You got the next one. And he would always do that to like myself, BJ, all us young players who were like, sometimes we got scolded like little children, you know, from MJ. Um, you know, he was always like, he was like, like always liking it to your mom and your dad. Your dad's hard on you but your mom is always nurturing. And I'm not saying Scotty's a lady. I'm just saying he's just more nurturing. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because Phil, Phil was the type of coach, and this is what made Phil great. He, he let the players police themselves. He didn't have to step in and go, you do this, you do that, you do this. I mean, when he needed to, he did. But the players pretty much, you know, we had a lot of good veterans, you know, and we policed ourselves. And Michael was hard on people. You know, Michael was hard. I mean, you, you look at Kobe Bryant. Have you seen the Redeem team? Mm-hmm. Okay, Kobe is is cut from the same cloth as MJ. About totally. the closest thing we've ever seen to Michael Jordan as far as personality-wise yep. and just that killer. Like, he will win at all costs. And, yeah. and MJ was the biggest competitor. Like, we are all competitive. We're all competitive. To be at this level, to be at the pro level, you got to be competitive. Okay, yeah. and I thought I was ultra-competitive I got on this team. And, like, everybody was ultra-competitive. And Michael took it like 10 levels higher than everybody else. And like he, if he was racing his mom in the 40 yard dash and she was winning, he would trip her to win. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how competitive MJ is. I mean, it didn't matter what it was cards. Uh, he wanted to beat you in every single thing that you, that you did. And it trickled down to everybody, but what separated him and Scotty, Scotty yeah. always recognized that we need these guys. We need these guys mentally. We need these guys to have confidence. So if MJ is coming down on you, and scolding you, you know, he's always there to pick you back up and lift you up. That's why I consider him like my greatest teammate. I know people give him, you know, you know, some of the things that he said and, and people give him a hard time. 
the 1.8 seconds and then the, the, the last dance comments and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, listen, none, none of us will ever have a bad word to say about Scotty. You can never say anything bad. I, I will never say anything bad about Scotty Pippen. Uh, that's amazing. I chalk it up to the whiskey, maybe for the yeah, right? digits. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm still I mean, waiting for my, I mean, the bottle. Like the thing that I just like, I look at with greatness, and you know, it's it's um, like you made a comment just now. Like you, we were self policing. We could police our own locker room. Like Aaron Rodgers talks about that all the time. The best teams are the player led teams. But what's yeah. what's amazing is like as much as you could you know, be pissed off about somebody getting all over you, like to be around that greatness and to be around like the way Michael forced everybody to be better, like just a little bit better, but then to have that buffer of like another great player, like Scotty, like who you could just count on. Right. Like, and I, I look at the game now and I, you obviously see it with some players, like you could just count on Steph to make a three when you need it. Yes. You know? Yes. It, it, there are just some players that have that thing, that it thing. I mean, DeRozan has it, you know, like it's yes. just, it's really cool to see how those guys elevate other, you know, but you need those buffers on your team. Like, I mean, it, it, when I think back to y'all's group, I, I just, am like so impressed because it, to me, it was just such a collection of um, everybody do your job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I knew I could, I could look at somebody like Bill Cartwright and be like, he gonna go and he gonna shoot this funky ass like <laughs> out to the side. It's gonna go in. I know what I'm getting with him. I know he's yes. gonna make that little baby hook when he needs to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody just did their job, and I think the good teams do that. Like you talk about Tom Brady, and um, he's 45 years old, and he still demands that from his players. And yeah. I, it's just there's a magnetizing fact factor factor around it. You know that some players have and some don't. You got to hold, you got to hold yourselves accountable. Everybody's got to be accountable for what they do. You know, when you get to this level, you know, we were all stars in high school. We were all stars in college, but there was a separation when you're on your high school team, you might've been the best player, but then your other players are kind of average. You got to college, you maybe added a few more pieces. I was on a great team at Oklahoma. So mm -hmm. like I had to blend my talents in with other players and we, you know, we just play, we just hooped. But when you get to the pro level, uh, it, it's you're you know you're playing for you know you're playing you're getting paid now you didn't yeah. get paid in those other levels uh, you play for just the prestige of the university now it's a business yeah. and now you know everything is approached business like and it's not the childhood game that you like you know you don't have that child atmosphere anymore you're a man now you're a woman now when you got to WNBA you went from being a kid and being one of the girls in college to now you're a woman you got bills to pay you got responsibilities so when you get to that pro level. It's totally different. And then you get a collection of guys who, um, you know, that are all going in the same direction. There's no egos. Everyone knows their pecking order. Everyone knows who the number one guy is, the number two guy, number three guy, whatever. Mm -hmm. These teams that don't win, they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Everybody wants to be the number one guy. Everybody, nobody wants to be, everybody wants to be Batman. A lot of people will be Robin, but nobody wants to be Alfred. They don't want to be that third guy. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you, that's why you have a problem. And that's why you see teams that don't, you know, don't have success, continuous success. You look at Golden State. Clay Thompson's been out for almost two years. He comes back in. He says, hey, look, pool's really, you know, hooping. You know, it's not, I'm not the same player that I was. I'm just going to fill a role. Yeah. Most guys like him would come back going, I'm still the man. I want, I want 25 shots a game. They get it. That's why they're winning. Yeah.
Yeah, no question. But guess what? When they when they get into the playoffs and they need a three, Clay gonna hit it for them. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Who are you gonna go to? Draymond Green or are you gonna go to Clay Thompson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is awesome. Well, Stacy was a great shooter during her career at Oklahoma in the WNBA, and, and she's showing off her talents. You are our guest, and you turned interviewer in the middle of it, so we appreciate you joining Sorry. us. No, 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 that was fantastic. I am worried about your dogs. Make I'm sure you so get them outside curious. so they can take a little walk. I'm always curious. That's the thing. I just, I love this. No, I love that's fantastic. Favorite, favorite parts of, like, my NFL week, like, I just got off three calls with players for my game this week. I've got mm-hmm. the Packers commanders and I just talked to these players on the phone and I'm just so curious. And I think that's what drives me. So I'm so, I didn't mean to, you know, no, 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 I like that. I like, I, I like that because like, you know, I mean, I watch you on the NFL and, I, and one of the things I've always wanted to know is like, like, okay, do you, do you, I know we pre, we pre meet with people. Okay. Yeah. So we, if we're going to interview somebody, we're going to pre-meet them that, you know, we talk about it. So how's that with players? I, uh, was it the Jets? You were, you were doing a game against the Jets and the guy was behind you, you know, like dancing. I saw that. And, and I have to admit, I would have turned around and said, yo man, you, you got to bounce, bro. Like get out of here. You, you did, you, you, you did a great job of keeping your composure and yeah. keeping on saying what you had to say. Cause it was distracted. I was watching and I was distracted. I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, bro. Like you might well, get pepper sprayed. The thing that it was Jair, who's Packers player, one of the best corners in the league. And I know we got to wrap up here, Mark. And um, we were in London and uh, I waved at him and he's just coming off an injury. So I'm like, I'm like waving him over. I'm about to do a live shot. And you guys know with TV, you know, with anything (laughs) TV, they're going to give you a time and you got to stick to the time. And I get like a minute or whatever it is. And um, I'm thinking, oh, no, here he comes. And he's got these shoes on with the, the late great queen. And Queen Elizabeth's face yep. is on his shoes. And Jair is a character. And I'm about to go. And now all of a sudden I'm live and he's right here. And now he's doing this. <laughs> he's doing this behind me. He's dancing. He's flexing. I'm like, uh, my producer just let me go. So that was fun. But uh, yeah, that's the stuff I love. I love game day. I lo- you know, when you're on the court before a game and you see somebody that you want to catch up with, whether it be a coach or a, a former teammate or a, a player on a current team, it's, it's awesome. And I feel very blessed to do this and, and it, you know, enables me to have conversations like this. So it's sports is a real galvanizing thing. And uh, I never take it for granted. I'll tell you what, you're one of the best in the game at doing what you do. And uh, it's great to know that you went to Oklahoma. It's great to know you have named Stacy. And, you know, there's a lot of great people named Stacy, but <laughs> I only know I only know one of them. That's you. You and me, baby. That's right. I love it. I love it. Back at you. And um, I'm just so, again, thrilled to be with you guys. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us. Keep up the great work mm-hmm. on NFL Network. And hopefully we're going to give you some hot sauce. We're going to give you some hot sauce. Don't it. forget. That's I like right. it spicy. Yes. Oh, we got spicy. Oh, <laughs> we got spicy. All right. Our producer, Maddie, is going to get your information, and we'll, see, we'll send you we'll some send out. We'll send it your way. Okay, cool. Thanks, Maddie, and thank you guys for having me. The great Stacey Gales, our guest on episode 103 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. A little more to come after a quick timeout. Our thanks to Stacey Dale. She was fantastic. And I'm not kidding, Stacey. She had the best backdrop of anybody we've had on. It was perfectly lit. Yes. Great stuff. And, and the dogs were tremendous as well. Okay, first of all, let's let's get this straight. She's from, she went to Oklahoma. Right. Okay, so so we're on a different level. Look at my banners, <laughs> look at my backdrops, okay? What does that tell you? Okay, we're ahead of the game, Mark. That's right. We're ahead of the game. Yeah. And she's talented. 
She's ultra talented, and and don't let her fool you because she can hoop. Yeah. She was a really good basketball player. I'm telling you, big guard could handle it, post up, you know, go full court. Oh, she was awesome to watch, man. Big big time player. We are uh, doing the show live on YouTube, and the chat's been a lot of fun today because a lot of people are going back to their high school days when they were hearing you and Stacy uh, reminisce about your times at Oklahoma. It's funny. It turned into a battle between Nick Bianchi and Pete the Sign God. They're talking about when they went to school, and Nick says, I went to Aurora Central. I almost threw a no-hitter against Glenn Bard. And the sign guy comes back, we used to beat on you guys in Central. And then another guy goes, I went to Conant, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? We've lost total control of the chat, but, but we appreciate everybody that joins us in live, Stacy. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been really active on YouTube today. We appreciate everybody who uh, takes the time to make their schedule to check us out. And, and another one of the funny comments came in. Uh, they said the dog in the background that was sleeping reminds me of Timmy Whispers during the show. Oh, wow. I think he has more personality than Timmy. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, hey, don't tape that. Cut that from the tape, baby. Don't let everybody know I said it. I'm going to say Mark said it, but it's yeah. going to be on tape. Yeah. Hey, 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 and y'all make sure y'all cut that out. Cut it out, guys. Don't let, them, don't let Tim see it. But we, we love everybody that's part of the uh, – Give me the hot sauce family that joins us on the live chat. And uh, Kevin Chang is talking about he's going to try to fly into Chicago and, and, and look you up at the scores table. Stacy's always great with the fans. If he's got the chance, he'll post for a picture and say what's up. Yes. Yes, I sure will. I'm, I've got some fans coming in from Australia. Yeah. Uh, two kids coming in from Australia. They tweeted me uh, yesterday. So they were coming in, wanted to get a picture of me. I said, yeah, good day, mate. Come on down. <laughs> you know, you know, you were in Miami Wait. for a couple of days, and uh, I brought to Woo-hoo! mind brought to mind. You know, you travel all around the country, and you'll be traveling to Paris later with the Bulls. But uh, what's your favorite city to go to in terms of visiting and, and getting out and, and seeing some restaurants and sights? Oh, Mark, uh, are you talking about with the team? Or yeah, yeah. No, when you, when you're actually working. Oh. Yeah, when you're working. Oh, when I'm working. Yeah. Oh, when I'm working. Oh, it's always Cali, baby. It's yeah. always California. It's always California. L.A. Uh, San Francisco, I, I get out to Napa and go out there and wine taste it. Yes, I, I do wine taste. I go out there and step on the grapes barefooted. Oh, my. Oh, Mark, that's exhilarating. <laughs> oh, grapes between your toes. Grapes between your toes, baby. There's nothing nothing more exhilarating than that, Mark. Hey, one of my best assignments was I got a chance to cover the Bears in the Super Bowl when they played the Colts and Peyton Manning back in the 07 Super Bowl. And, and they sent me down there for a week. And, and you, when you get out of the cold weather and you get to go down there at South Beach and all the rest of it, it's a great time. But what I didn't realize is they work you like a dog. They had me as being the correspondent <laughs> for every Comcast regional site in the country. So I'm driving all around with my cameraman trying to find this guy at this uh, location, this guy at another location. First night we land, and I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a chill night. We'll, have a, we'll go out to South Beach, have a few drinks. They go, no, no, you, you got to go to this event. It's the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the, their perfect team is celebrating their, their, you know, their championship. And they said, we want you to interview Jerry Rice. So I'm chasing Jerry Rice through the kitchen at this hotel trying to get an interview with him. I'm like, this, this is the dr-. you know, people talk about the glamour of being a sports reporter. Sometimes it's not all that much fun. But we had a good week down there. I was chasing people playing beach volleyball, baseball players, football players. It was crazy. But, you know, anytime you can get away from the cold and get to a warm weather city, January, February, I tell you, that, that really makes you feel good about life. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I remember, you know, we don't do the circus trip anymore, the Disney trip, um, where we'd be gone 14 to 16 days, you know, and we'd miss the majority of the cold, you know, of the snow, which was awesome. 
and uh, now, you know, now it's like we like we're going we're going out west for like three days. Like we've never, it, yeah. I think it's going to be the shortest trip that we've ever been on when it, when we go out west. I think we're playing Golden State, and I think we're playing Portland, and that's it. When we're coming back home, which is kind of crazy. Uh, um, when you think about how many times we've been out to the West Coast and had to be out there, you know, uh, you know, minimum 12, you know, 12 days, you know, um, so it's a little different now. Yeah, last week we talked about some of the shows that we've been watching, whether it's uh, the streaming services or regular TV. And you mentioned we were talking to Stacey Dales about the Redeem team. I just caught that a couple days ago. That is yes. really well done. And, and I got a, a, even a greater appreciation for Kobe Bryant and the guys talking about him and, and the respect they had for him because they all thought he was this cold dude that, that didn't have any friends and all the rest of it. And, and he really brought that whole group together and became one of the fellows. And I think that probably was a great thing, not only for the U.S. national team, but for Kobe Bryant. I think that really helped him in the latter part of his career. I'll tell you what. I mean, like, you know, I, I know Kobe personally. So um, just a really, really intense guy. Really great guy, though. Great guy. But he just he's all business. Like, when it comes to basketball – it's all business. There's no in between. Like he, when you talk about someone who, who idolized a player, like he's, his whole game was patterned after Michael Jordan, his whole game, his whole attitude, his mindset was patterned after Michael Jordan. If, you, if, if he could clone Michael Jordan, he, that's what he did. If you go back and you watch some of the, the, the moves that he's made, the exact same moves Michael has made. Okay. The difference between the two, Michael was much more athletic, not 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 by far, but he was much more athletic. But as far as the mindset, when you know, there's been so many people, Mark, compared to Michael Jordan. You had Harold Miner, Baby Jordan. You had all these guys, you know, LeBradford Smith from Louisville. All these guys who are supposed to be the next Michael Jordan. Uh, they were nowhere near the next Michael Jordan. But if there's one guy that you look at, yeah, I would probably say two. I, I say Kobe, and I would say Ron Harper before the serious knee injuries. Ron Harper, people forget how good Ron Harper was. Ron Harper was a great two-way player for the Cleveland Cavaliers before he blew out his knee. And he was he he used to give Michael Fitz as far as, you know, playing against him one-on-one -on -one in games. Uh, those two players were about the closest I've ever seen in my generation of anybody close to Michael Jordan. I tell you what, though, at the end of that documentary when they show Kobe's wife uh, carrying baby Gigi down to the court, man, I'm looking for the Kleenex box there, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. It was, it, it was, was just, a tear you know what? It was, it was really sad, too, because it's still hard to believe that Kobe Bryant is not here. I know. You know, I'll, I know. I'll never forget his last game, you know, at the UC. And, you know, Kobe's a big-time player, you know, and, and Kobe respects history. He's always, you know, he's one of those players that respect history. And he came over to the scores table before the game started. And he came over and shook my hand. He said, I'm a big fan of yours, Stacey. I've been a big fan of yours since Oklahoma, blah, blah, blah. And just for him to take the time to come over there, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know, that showed me what kind of guy he was. And, and uh, you know, appreciated. You know, I watched you guys in the Bulls. You know, you guys you guys really brought it and you played hard. And, you know, and it, and it really makes you feel good that even though, like, we're in this fraternity in the NBA, we're all in this fraternity. You know, sometimes superstar players, you know, they kind of schluff everybody off. Like, you know, if you're not on their level, per se. But I, I will say this, one of the nicest guys, that, that was a nice thing he did and, and uh, one of the nicest uh, people. Because Neil, Neil called his dad's games in Philadelphia. Yeah, Joe so, Bryant. So he, and he brought that up, you know, with Neil. So uh, just 
just a great kid, man. And watching that redeem team to see him, it's so hard to believe that he's not here. You know that, I mean, to, to die so young and to die the way he, that he did, like, I mean, we all think we're going to live to be a hundred years old, right. you know, um, you know, but to see a guy who, who is so full of life, the things he was doing off the court, you know, as far as his movie, you know, directing movies and writing things and getting the Academy Award for that. And then the, his youth basketball camp. I mean, he, he impacted, he's impacted women's basketball more than any former NBA player has ever had because he's a girl dad and his daughter, you know, his daughter, Gigi was sure enough going to play in the WNBA. She was good enough to play division one college and she was like 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. The world missed the chance to see what she was going to become because I've saw, oh. I've seen some clips. She had all of Kobe's moves down. Oh, she was going to be yes. a problem on the, on the all, college all, level. All, all the mannerisms, yeah. how he stands on the court, yeah. how he bites his shirt, <laughs> like all the things that yeah. her father did. And those are things you don't teach. That's right. just instinctive. You know what I'm saying? It's instinctive. Yeah. And, and to see that, you know, how much she loved her father and how much he loved her. I mean, you go back and you look at videos and pictures. That little girl was always like, you know, always coming to him. Yep. All, every time you see him, he's, she's with him. She soaked in every bit of knowledge. I remember that watching a video. They were sitting at a, a WNBA game. And he's, you know, teaching her on the side. Yeah, you know, yeah. she's asking questions. And it's like, you know, student and teacher and he's showing her and telling her and she's going yeah yeah I, I see that i see that i see that that that's it's so sad that they're not here man it's it's just it's hard to believe yeah so if you get a chance and you have netflix make sure you check out that documentary redeem team he I changed get... he changed that whole mentality yeah that whole yeah, no mentality question. because had, had he not been on that earlier. team had, hey had he not been on that team mark i still don't think they win i still think they lose to spain yeah how about when he ran through Paul Gasol were, they, just to send a message to Oh, <laughs> Oh, you know what? I mean, and then, and then, but, you know, but that's the kind of person he is, though. Yeah, yeah this is my teammate on the Lakers, but he yeah. ain't my teammate right now. He's playing for a different country. Yeah, get so, up. You're not my teammate whole, now. <laughs> the, whole, the whole mindset, though, Mark, when you watch that documentary, you know, you could see, like, you know, Carmelo and Anthony and all these guys weren't serious about playing. You know, they talked a good game. But they'd lost. They'd been losing. They lost the world championships, lost the Olympics. You know, they weren't winning. And then you bring in Coach K, and then they con Kobe to come play. Yeah. You know, it didn't take long for him to go play because he said he's tired of seeing them lose. Right, right. You know, and so, you know, and he came on that team and changed the whole mindset. They were talking – and I heard these stories even before it was on the Redeem team. And Michael's the same way. You know, he worked with Tim Grover. Right. He, he took Michael's trainer, Tim Grover – who's world-renowned as NBA guru trainer, took, took Kobe took him and brought him to the Olympics and trained with him. They're out there working at 4.30 in the morning because you know why? MJ was doing it. MJ was working out at 5.36 in the morning. So Kobe, in the playbook of Michael Jordan, takes the same way and said, hey, this made Michael great. This made Michael uh, the best player in the game. I'm going to do the same things. And so the other players would come in 4.30 from partying. They even said it. We're coming in for party and having a good time. Kobe's down there working out, lifting weights. And everybody's like, he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. All of a sudden, one player goes, oh, you know, LeBron sees it. Oh, man, this is what makes Kobe great. I'm going to go do it. Then all of a sudden, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, Wade, all man. these other guys start seeing, and then they start following yeah. suit. And that yeah. changed the whole mindset of that team. That's the reason why they won, because of Kobe. 
Hey, before we get out of here, I want to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. Tim usually does the angel water read and puts Stacy to sleep. So <laughs> I'm going to shorten this up a little bit. You know, our, our good uh, French chief little legs so will appreciate the plug. <laughs> we, we're, we're enjoying the water here in the uh, Sriracha studios. Listen up, Bulls Nation. We want to make water healthier for your water, your home and family. So look no further than our favorite new water here in the hot sauce studios. It's angel water. Stay hydrated all year with the water you can trust. Angel water. Call 847-382-7800 to get your water <laughs> tested for free today. And Stacy's on the road. Did you get did you get a ride from Windy City Limo to the airport? Yes, I did. Yeah, My tell, boy Mike Armorov. Uh, tell oh, yes, he hey, hey, America. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time, contact us at 847-916-9300. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you need a ride to the airport, if you need it for the night, if you're going to somewhere and you need a call Windy City and ask for Mike Amaroff. That's what you need to ask for because he's a third degree black belt. There you go. And if anything goes down, Mike's going <laughs> to take care of it. Okay, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Hey, Stacey, uh, our buddy Pete, the sign guy, says he can do a Christopher Walken impersonation. So we'll have to we'll have to challenge him on that. We'll go uh, head to head with whispers. Listen, listen. He makes no, good banners, but I don't know if he can do any impersonation. Yeah, no, 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 he, no, no, no. Pete, stop it, stop it. <laughs> you can't do it. Okay. Then no one's gonna beat no one's gonna beat whispers and Christopher Walken. That's 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 whispers niche right there. The one thing he brings to the show. <laughs> It's Christopher Walken. <laughs> hey, we appreciate him bringing Christopher Walken to this show. I, I know all the folks are waiting for it, and we were hoping that Tim would check in from Fort Myers, but he's he's underwater. They got no internet service. Uh, we, we don't know what's going on with Whispers. He's struggling. He's struggling in America. He's struggling. He got he got a shark floating down the, uh, the street. <laughs> he got alligator. He got an alligator in the bathroom on the toilet. I mean, he's, he's struggling. He's struggling. Just like and he's whispers. the only person. That, he's the only person. He waited. He waited two days before the hurricane to buy a house. That's right. Yeah, timing is everything only, in life. Only whispers. <laughs> only whispers. Well, well, we'll be glad to have whispers back with his Christopher Walken impersonation next week. Stacy's got a couple of games coming up. A road game against the Washington Wizards. That's a 6 o'clock Chicago time start on NBC Sports Chicago. And then the home opener against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Saturday. Stacy, safe travels. We want to thank Stacy Dales. We want to thank our great Sriracha crew. Thank everybody on the YouTube chat. It was livelier than usual. Hope you guys had a lot of fun, and we'll be back with a brand new show next week. Stacy, got a message for the folks. Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep. Goodness. Give me the hot sauce, Bill.